Hello, all, and thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Page by Page campaign here on Carpe Diem. I'm sorry to intro this one with some pretty bad news, uh, but in the editing process, we lost the second half of our recording entirely. So this episode will be a short one, and there won't be much of a resolution to it. Uh, but at the end of the audio we do have, I've included a summary of what transpired in our last hour or so of play, which thankfully wasn't anything of significant cosmic importance, just a few conversations, uh, and some character development moments, but I've included those to the best of my ability. Uh, dice rolls willing, this kind of thing won't happen again, but I still hope you can enjoy what we have in the episode. So without further ado, welcome to Carpe Diem. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for episode two of this podcast where we're playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. We're doing a campaign that we're currently calling Page by Page. Uh, this is the second ever episode slash game. And last week we had a chance for everybody to go through and kind of introduce their characters and their backgrounds. So if you haven't heard that, definitely go give that a listen. But right now we're just going to reintroduce everybody really quick. We also have a new person joining us tonight. Uh, so just right off the bat, uh, Brad, who are you playing? Hey, uh, I'm playing Solgard Lightforge, a paladin, uh, dwarf. Baller, Carrot, Curio. Hello everyone, I'm Mosher, a dragonborn sorcerer. Hi, Daniel. Ah, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm a fighter, and I punch stuff. <laughs> that, that sounds about right for a fighter right there. <laughs> Kristen, who are you? What, wait, what's what's your name? What's your character's name? Oh yeah, yeah. John Hammerstuff. <laughs> yeah, that works. Kristen. Hi, I'm Kristen. I am playing Fetrol, and he is a bard of bard variety. Um, bard of bard variety. All right. Also cool. happens to be human. Cool. We'll find out more in the you know what variety of bard you really are. Okay, and we are introducing a new player this week who hopefully will be joining us from here on out. Uh, we're going to introduce Wayne, and he's going to have a little bit of a longer intro. Uh, so, Wayne, if you want to come on and tell us uh, who you're playing, kind of what your deal is. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am playing Yaku, who is a uh, wood elf, a uh, circle of the moon uh, druid. And uh, what else do you want to know about uh, I mean, where 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 are you like where you're coming from? Like, what's your general background? Like, yeah, gotcha. He he's kind of your stereotypical druid, uh, kind of a wanderer. Um, left left his uh, village at a younger age. Kind of has wanderlust a little bit. Um, uh, flirted with being a monk for a little bit and and learned some some cool stuff by doing that. But uh, generally, just kind of stays on the outskirts of of society. Not really interested in in technology and stuff and material goods, and he's got cool dreadlocks. Nice. All right. We uh, hope to learn more about him. So, uh, all that being said, uh, it's terrible. Okay. So, quick recap for everybody. Last time we left our group of adventurers who are pretty new to the scene. Uh, they have a few connections uh, between a couple of them, but for the most part, they're still getting to know each other and deciding that they'd make a bit more money and find more fame and fortune grouped together than going it solo. They have come to the place to be for adventurers who want to make a name for themselves. And they came to Gwendol Hill, which is a 
trading hub uh, in the middle of a major highway that runs between the Grey Peak Mountains and the, the coastal cities of, of Waterdeep and Neverwinter. And so they met there because they heard tell of a strange job that nobody seemed to want to take. They got there to the Flaming Lily Inn, uh, had some fun with... Hang on, Chris, I it's, it's still coming through. I know. I okay, I'm throwing my phone across the room. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to keep all that. Um, so they went to the Flaming Lily Inn. Uh, they made a, met a handsome bartender named Marquez, got some details on uh, the local job and uh, a few shakedowns. Uh, had a really, uh, you know, adventuresome night. Uh, and found a found a note from uh, a mayor, not mayor, alderman, somebody named Alderman Elland, who had posted about some odd problems that his town was having, and thought only a skilled group of heroes could possibly save the day. And they decided to follow up on this because you know mystery and plot and all that good shit. Uh, they packed up, geared up, left the town of Gwendol Hill, got on the road. Had the, a really fun ambush by a torn down bridge uh, over a river where some bandits tried to take him out, steal other crap. Didn't really work out. They handled the bandits uh, and moved moved on to the town of Oriton. And we left the last game with them just strolling into town. And that's where we're going to pick up. Before we do that, though. I have a question before we do that. Yes. Um, what was the name of the alderman from... Orton, who had asked for help, what was what Old was E L L A N D. I was way off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. I yeah. I lost my note sheet from last week, so thank you. Yes. Uh, so Alderman Elland, and you haven't met him yet. You just showed up in town, but we're going to cut to another scene because there's some interesting stuff going on elsewhere in the world. And we're going to cut to Wayne really quick. And I'm going to let you guys listen to all this because I thought it would be more interesting to have you hear it. Uh, but you're not there. You're not involved. And you do not know anything that's about to happen. If he chooses to tell you, so be it. But this is how it's going to go. All right, Wayne. So uh, your character, um, Taco, ta not Taco, Taku, Yaku, Yaku. Yaku. Yes, Yaku. I will learn the names eventually. Uh, we join Yaku as he is kind of meditating. He's, he's taking a nature walk. He's going through the woods, uh, as he tends to do, likes to find himself and find peace uh, out where there's nobody around. And it's just a pretty average day that that's happening. And you're walking through a stretch of woods that you've gone through a thousand times before, you know, like the back of your hand. But then uh, you get lost. And this is really weird because you've spent years in these woods. You, you know every tree, every rock. But you, you turn down a familiar path, and suddenly it's not so familiar anymore. And you find yourself in a different forest entirely. You find yourself somewhere, somewhere else. And walking down this path, you stumble into a clearing that shouldn't be there. And it's a very, it's a very odd clearing. Because it, it seems like uh, the trees have even gotten taller, and they've gotten darker. And you look up, and the, the canopy above you is you know, as dark as an evening sky. And... You walk into this kind of hazy, moss-covered clearing, and in the center of it, there's this enormous wood table with a bunch of chairs surrounding it. And not all of them are occupied, uh, but there, there's, there's some interesting characters sitting around this table. Yaku, you, you're approaching this table very cautiously. Uh, but at the head of it, you see a figure 
that you've seen depicted many, many times uh, in various uh, reliefs and forms of arts, and you've heard described in stories. And you see this figure, this deity, who appears to be Mestra, who is sitting at the head of this table and beckons you to come closer. And she, she looks at you deep in the eyes uh, with a look that just sees right through your soul. And she says, welcome. Awesome. I, I, approach, I approach slowly and reverently. Uh, and she kind of gestures uh, to you to take one of the empty chairs that are uh, at the table. And as you approach the table, you see uh, this collection of figures sitting around it that's, you know, they all uh, look very out of place. Uh, to her right side, you see uh, this enormous uh, older human man who is sitting there looking very sternly. He's got his right hand resting on the pommel of a great sword that's buried in the dirt. He's got this, this long flowing white hair that uh, goes down way past his shoulders and this giant, giant white beard. And he's shirtless and he, he's completely ripped. Like he's got, you know, twitching pecs covered in oil, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he's sitting there silently. Uh, across from him on the other side of Mistra, you have another older gentleman who is wearing this you know, deep gray cloak. He's, he's smoking a pipe. And the, the most interesting thing about him is he's surrounded by all these uh, bright yellow canaries. Some are perched on his shoulder. Some are kind of flitting about his head. But he's got this cloud of canaries around him. And then uh, closest to you, at the opposite end of the table from Mr., you have this, this you know, ethereal, almost elven-looking woman who's, who's got platinum bright hair and wearing this almost shimmering bright white robe. And she, uh, she looks at you with, with an impossible to, to, to figure out gaze. You just, there's something there that she, you think she wants from you, but you couldn't possibly tell. And you come up and you join Mr. at the table in one of these empty chairs, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and she looks over at you and says, um, I'm sorry to pull you out of your meditations, but something has come to my attention. Uh, something's come to all of our attention that we believe you are in a unique position to, let's say, assist us with. Not that someone in my position would need the assistance of a mortal, but you might be the right person in the right place and the right time. And sometimes that makes all the difference in the world. How would you feel about it? No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored and, and intrigued. Go on. She says, the, the world is going to change. It's going to change very soon. Uh, the, the details of this are beyond your ken at the moment. Uh, you'll understand more as time goes on. But just know that I might ask you to do a series of tasks for me that seem unrelated and unconnected, and maybe that they aren't accomplishing anything. But trust me when I say everything you're doing is going to be of the utmost importance to myself and everyone sitting around this table, and more who could not be here. The only details I can share with you right now, there is... There is something amiss, and there is something deeply wrong in a town in the middle of the wilds called Orton. Someone has, someone has found something that should have been lost and should never have been found again. And I need you to find out who and why and where they've gone, and I need you 
to stop them. Because of fate and because of temporal interference, a lot of, lot of stuff, but we, we don't need to get into it. I can't give you more detail than that. But if you choose to accept this, know that it will mean a great deal to me. Again, I, I'm, I'm honored, but what about Musclehead over here? So the guy with the muscles turns and, and looks at you and gives you maybe like the, just the faintest hint of a smile. And he says, don't you worry, I, I've got my own battles to fight. I'll be on the front lines just as you will. So be it. <laughs> All right. Um, and so then Mr. looks at you and just kind of smiles and says, I would say thank you, but we'll see how you do first. And then she, she raises her, her left hand to do something. And then the, the muscly guy over to your left, he, he looks up and says, wait, wait, you know the dwarf's not going to trust him, right? And Mr. kind of nods at him. And he takes uh, this brown leather pouch that he had in one of the pockets of this uh, robe that he's wearing. And he takes the brown leather pouch and throws it at you. You catch it. And he says, don't, uh, don't look in that just yet, but give that to the dwarf when he doesn't believe you. Nods just, to Mistra. I just give him a nod. <laughs> and he nods to Mistra. And Mistra says, there's a phrase that you mortals use. Um, let me see if I get this right. This next part is going to suck. And she raises her left hand. And in a flash of light, you see, your, you see the table disappear, the woods disappear. You are somewhere else. And you have the distinct sensation of falling. And you are falling out of the sky, uh, and the earth is rushing up at you, and the last thing you see is a pillowy mountain of white before you hit it, and you are unconscious. And black, you black out, and for the time being, you are out. So, um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come back to everybody else now. You guys, the rest of you who are not Yaku, have just entered the town of Orton. And as I said last week, this is a town that is trying to reinvent itself. Uh, all the buildings here seem to be in a state of remodeling. And, you know, you can see kind of the transition point where some of the buildings are are kind of very old, put together shacks, and some of them have been completely remodeled into, you know, shining brand new kind of bungalows and little shops. And everything looks very, you know, very cute. And a lot of effort has been put into making this place look really fantastic. And as you're walking, uh, across this little stream down the main road here. You guys are entering the town from about over here on the map. As you're walking into it, you see, you know, in this formerly clear day, you see these, these clouds kind of starting to gather. Uh, and it seems very localized, and a, a very small, like, thunderhead or storm is gathering over the town, and you start kind of hearing distant thunder, and you see a couple flashes of like heat lightning. Nothing's hit the ground yet, but it's definitely flashing and looking like a storm is building very quickly. Amidst the thunder, you hear something else and something else very odd, and you hear screaming. Uh, and it's distant, but you hear something that, that, that starts distant and gets closer and sounds kind of like, uh, and then stops. And then off in the distance of the town, about... I don't know, several, couple hundred yards away, but still visible. 
down the main road, you see a giant puff of white something. You see a puff of white cloud come up and then settles, and that is it. And you guys are walking into Oriton. What do you want to do? Let's say that qualifies as something interesting happening in the town. Should we check out the the screams? Uh, how tall is this white cloud? Um, I mean, it probably came up about, I don't know, 12, 15 feet or so, and then kind of hung in the air for a bit and slowly settled down. It seems like some sort of, not necessarily smoke, but dust of some kind. I'm sorry, DM. I'm just not sure how I would see such a thing, considering the, the layout of the land here. Hey, hey, <laughs> so red, you saw it. Deal with it. You can imagine. Mosher, I never, uh, I never knew a good story that started with people running away from screams. So, I think we should go look at it. Here, here. Right. So, you guys want to go investigate? I don't think my character would actually say anything. They would just start going towards it. Okay. Uh, I don't think I heard anything from you, Daniel. I'm assuming you're on board. I am on board. All right. So you you start walking down the street uh, toward the source of of whatever it was that you heard, and you're you're being beaten there by a bunch of townspeople, as because they're already they heard screaming, and a few of them have come out of the houses that they were in or the you know their business for the day. They're out in the street. Some of them are following suit with you, and they're off running toward it. A few are ahead of you and getting there. Uh, some kind of look around and then see you running through and you're a group of like well-geared out adventuring folk and they kind of look at you and just like, yeah, I'm sure they got it. And they go back inside, uh, back to what they were doing. But you start running that way. It doesn't take you very long to get there. And when you do, you see um, a really odd scene. You see what looks like the remains of a house. Because you see familiar structures. You see walls, and you see kind of uh, where windows would be. Uh, you see part of a roof. Um, but this isn't made out of wood or, or timber or bricks anymore. The entire thing is made out of some sort of white powdery substance. And that's, that, that's what you see. And, and part of the wall, the front wall has like collapsed in on itself. And you see this white powder just covering furniture uh, and everything that used to be in the house everywhere. And there's footprints going out of it, like in all different directions from people who have investigated and walked away and just barely sticking up out of the powder and and in the middle of what used to be the main room, uh, you see like a hand and an arm just kind of hanging out on the surface. Are there a lot of people around the uh, crash site? Uh, yeah, there's a few onlookers. Um, there's... How many is a few? Is it, are they impeding our ability to oh, no, no, assess no. it? There's, okay. there's, like, there's like six or so, but like for whatever reason, all these townspeople don't seem to want to approach any, fur- any closer. And a, and a bunch of them are kind of standing a few feet back from, from you know, where this mountain of powder starts. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Divine Sense. Okay, what does that do? Uh, it just allows me to tell if something evil is nearby. Okay. Um, I is that, I know is, that a... is celestial fiend or undead? Hmm. Uh, no, you don't get anything. Okay. Yeah. 
something seems I mean something seems off though. This is this is weird, but you don't you don't get anything like that. Can I investigate the uh the house and see what kind of like building it was and and maybe see if I can get any figure out anything about what this like white substance is? Uh yeah, so make a make an investigation check. Are you going into the house or into the stuff, Fetral? That is a good question. Thank you, Daniel. Um, I mean, I'm investigating, so yeah, I'm I'm not grabbing that hand sticking out into the middle of the room, but <laughs> all right, I'll um, stick by Fetral. Uh, rolled okay. a fifteen on that investigation. All right, so uh, a couple things happen here when you uh, approach the you know the powder. You kind of start wading into a little bit, and as soon as you kind of start kicking some aside and step more into what used to be the house proper. Something weird happens, even weirder than what you've already seen. And everything, every surface that is covered with this white powder and the former walls and everything kind of light up with this very kind of dim blue flame. And uh, are you, are you like, you're actively like kind of walking in, in, in the middle of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you see this blue flame. It's dancing around. The weird part is you don't feel any heat from it. Yeah, you, you see it covering everything, but there's no heat coming off. It's not burning you or anything that you own or have on you. It's just kind of, it's there. And with that 15 investigation, what you're also going to figure out is that this white powder is chalk. It's all chalk. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, well, John, sh- should we go investigate that hand sticking up out of the pile of chalk? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, I would like to yell at the hand to try and be a you know intimid- intimidation to it. <laughs> uh, after our last encounter, I'm not taking any chances. Um, okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll invest- uh, intimidation on that. Let's. Let's see. Nothing happens whatsoever. All you, right. You yell, the void and, yeah, you yell into the void, nothing happens. Arm doesn't move. All right. Federal, I think, uh, I, I think it's safe. I'm going to reach out and try and pull the hand out. All right. So you go in and uh, you're a big, strong guy. You're a fighter. It's really easy for you to walk in. You just grab the, this arm and you pull it out. And what you pull out, is uh, it's a guy. I mean, obviously, it's got an arm that looks pretty normal, but you see uh, a wood elf, and it's a wood elf. Uh, it's kind of tan skin. He's got uh, his white hair braided in dreadlocks, and he he is alive, but he looks out. He is he is pretty down for the count right now. Uh, Solgrid asks, not to be disarming, but is he okay? That's a that's a great question. John, is he alive? Uh, I I can't tell. Um, let me let me put my ear up to his chest and see if I can hear breathing. Oh yeah, you can see him breathing. He's he's oh. very alive. Okay, he's he out. is alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's just knocked out. Does this happen to you often, Fetral? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I take uh, the unconscious wood elf. Uh, outside of the chalk-infested, smashed house into the street and uh, lay him down. 
Okay. Cool. You now have him out in the street. And he's laid down. Uh, <laughs> can I open his mouth and make sure he's breathing? You, you, you have established very clearly that he's breathing at this point. Okay, like he, cool. Yeah. Is he a, can I slap him on his face a little bit, try and wake him up? Hell yeah. All right, cool. Make a, make a strength check. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this could be dangerous. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is safe, but whatever. Um, so you kind of very lightly kind of smack him around in the face a little bit. And then, uh, Wayne, uh, Yaku there. Um, you, the first thing that you notice coming to is that you feel just like the, the a light tapping on the side of your cheek, like a kind of back and forth, left, right, left, right. Uh, and you slowly kind of start opening your eyes and you see, uh, you know, the surroundings come into focus, stop being blurred. And you see this big meaty uh, human do- dude standing over you with kind of like a slack shot expression. Um, and, <laughs> And yeah, so John, uh, the guy that you just pulled out is now awake. He's opening his eyes. He's fluttering around. Yaku, you are, you're now up and you're there. Are you hurt, friend? Um, who who are you? Well, I'm, I'm John Hammerstuff. Uh, this is Fedril. We, 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 wait, who are you? You're the one who fell from the sky. I fell from where? The sky up there. The big old blue thing right above our head. I'm... Can I have some water, please? <laughs> uh, do I have water on me or do I have to go get it? Yeah, sure. Everybody's got water skins and stuff. All right. Yeah, have some of my skin, friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a federal line right there. <laughs> Look, he is not stepping up to the game. I'm the one putting my skin on an unconscious body here. This is, <laughs> this is, for, this is new territory for old John. Uh, oh, yeah. Not he, unconscious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awake. Well, okay, now. Yeah, he's awake. He can consent to this. Okay, yeah. cool. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. I'm very appreciative. The name Where is Yaku. You... The name's Yaku, John. And. I believe you know more about me falling from the sky than I do. Uh, well, if more of nothing is nothing, then yes. Uh, I have not a single idea. But uh, let, us, let, me, let, me, let me introduce you to the uh, rest of my crew out here and uh, gather yourself about you. So we got Fetral over here. Fetral? I'm going to just salute you. Just like a little tip of the hat kind of motion. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for this one. He's a little bit of a sneaker. <laughs> we 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 got Moshe over there. Moshe, how you doing? Hello, I'm well. How are you? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> this is the most natural dialogue ever. <laughs> oh man. Uh Solgrid steps forward, slams his sputum into the ground, and places his uh and, and extends his hand. This is a dwarf character? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Am I still uh, DM? Am I still um, like laying on the ground, or am I standing up at this point? No, you're, you're up. You're you're up and about. Awesome. I I approach and um, shake his hand and said, and um, well, this this is this is going to be quite the adventure. Solgrid shakes it vigorously and let's go. All right. <laughs> 
So you wouldn't happen to know Alderman El Elland, would you? Um, I just got here. <laughs> that's, that's um, a very true statement. So, so did we. Um, sure, sure. I, I'm looking. Gosh, it's it's all it's all a bit of a blur. If you if you must know, oh, it seems so cryptic. I'm looking for something that was found that shouldn't have been found. Can you help me? Does this alderman have this found thing? We don't know. We just got here. Um, but we were supposed to contact Alderman Elland to help him with an issue in the town. Um, so I'm going to keep an ear out for any uh, passersby talking about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you say passersby, like you, you notice that the various townsfolk that have kind of gathered around this scene, they're kind of muttering themselves, talking. Um, I mean, they're, they're keeping a healthy distance. The... The, the chalk house that you see is still kind of aglow with this weird blue flame. And you know, off in the distance, you see this, uh, this old lady kind of not quite running, but she's moving pretty quick for, for, for an old gal. And, and she's coming up to it, and she runs up and, and looks at it and looks at Yaku here that's still covered in, like, head to toe in, in this chalky powder. And it says, oh, no, what's happened now? What's, ha what's happened to me house now? This, it, couldn't, it couldn't get any worse, could it? What do you mean, old woman? Uh, she looks at you, and it's, 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 a, it's an older human lady. She looks like uh, maybe she's in her early 70s. She still looks really spry, though. Uh, she's like a, a, a plump, very grandmotherly-looking kind of gal. Uh, she looks at you and says, what do you mean? This was, this was me house? It's uh, for for years and years I lived there. That's all. All of a sudden, I come home one day, and, and this this the whole thing falls apart into the, into chalk and fire. And God knows what I ever did to deserve this. But now, but now, men falling out of the sky into it. What's what's the meaning of it? I'm sorry, milady, but I don't know the meaning of raining men. <laughs> and she just kind of shakes her head and you mean you mean to say that this is uh not the first strange thing that has happened to your home well well look at it it's uh no uh, i i i have no idea look I, I i was out in the market one day just buying my provisions and i come back and see the house gone it's it's made out of out of chalk and and I got out what I could before the whole thing caught on fire, but I haven't gone back in since. The thing terrifies the living daylights out of me. Wait, your house was made from chalk? That is terrible construction material. <laughs> I, are you daft, Laddie? No! It was a normal house. It was a great house. My granddad built that house, and I come back, and, and the whole thing has fallen apart. This house has stood in this village for decades and decades. Oh, it's a it's a shame. It's a shame. terrible, terrible shame. Well, that's uh, there's I I can't get you another house, but I can take you to the local tavern and get you a drink. She says, I I, I appreciate that, laddie. I do, but I, I I'm taken care of. I I still got me money. I'm still fine. It's just it's just, it's a shame to lose a, something that's been in the family for generations. Was there anything important and irreplaceable that was in there that you didn't get out? I. Uh... 
Not, not that I know of. I think I got all my goals and all my, all my precious knickknacks and whatnot out of there. But the only thing I, I haven't managed to go back into was, was Lenore's room. Maybe she left some things, but she hasn't been back in forever. So, oh, who knows what happened to her either? Who's she? Well, she was, she was my roommate uh, for the years after my husband died. He died a couple of decades back. Uh, black lung. I've been, uh, I've been lonely for quite some time. She she came into town one day many many years ago and was looking for a place to stay and we uh we struck up a uh, we struck up a friendship and she's lived with me for wow near a decade now until uh gosh until a couple of weeks ago I guess when she said she was going to the next town over to buy some supplies and I don't know why she had to she she could have found what she needed here but she never came back but not that there's a place for her to come back to anyway. Do you have any idea where she went? Sorry, my room, my rumor uh, sense has been peaked. She says, "I know. Uh, she, she, she occasionally would take weekend trips out and about. Uh, I don't know where she'd go. She's be gone for two or three days, but this time, this time, I don't think she's returning. I, I got. I, I hope. I hope nothing happened to her. She was a sweet old lady. Is there any chance you could direct us in the direction of Alderman Ellent? Oh, sure. He's uh." I'm surprised he's not here right now. He's always trying to get into everybody's business these days, but gosh, if he's not here, then he's probably at his house talking to his advisors about how this is bad for business or something, but yeah, it's, it's just down the way. It's the, it's the big one at the end of the road. Thank well, you, man. Good luck. We'll be on our way. If we have time, we will look for your friend. Uh, Which direction did you say she had gone? Hi, she... She went out of town and... Uh, to the north, there's uh, there's another farm and mining town, uh, eh, a couple of miles away. It's a short little walk over there. And uh, and that was Eleanor, standard spelling. Uh, Lenore. So I'll, I'll type was, that in the chat. Look, I get you're you're very a lot. There you go. Thank you. We uh, if take us that way, ma'am. We will check. That. She says he. She kind of grabs your hand and and smiles at you and says, "Thank, thank you, thank you, Sonny. You know, thank you. You're good people." Alright, so I say we head on down the uh, the road to this alderman's house. Alright, that, that what everybody's what up does to? Everybody, what does everybody else think? I mean, I'm not not doing it. Yaku yes. takes out a little um, he has a little pipe and um, he's gonna walk behind everybody and blow bubbles out of his pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, such a whimsical character this is already. It's fantastic. I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys are walking toward the alderman's house. And as she says, uh, this, this isn't a huge town. It's pretty easy to see. It is the, uh, the biggest house that you, uh, you can immediately lay your eyes on. And it's on the end of this main road. And as you walk up to it, you see that you know, there, there's no construction being done in this one. The remodeling, if there was any, happened on this forever ago. And it's this... Uh, kind of grand two-story dwelling with some like carved columns out front it's got like this amazing oak for mahogany some kind of dark wood finish on these huge double doors out in front of it and standing in front of the double doors you uh you see a, a young you know probably barely out of his teens young man wearing a kind of a a, a black coat and doublet he's kind of he's dressed up in sort of a formal way and he's looking he's standing by the door and looking very bored 
Your town has an issue with turning houses into chalk. And he says, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, weird, isn't it? Uh, so far, just the one. Uh, hopefully, hope, I mean, hopefully not really anything else. And there's, <laughs> God, he, he'd kill us all if anything else happened to any of these other buildings he's put so much work into. But uh, who, who, who are you? I'm Solgrid. Hello, Solgrid. I'm uh, I'm Adam. How are you? Hello, Adam. We we came to this town in search of a uh, of a job. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Are you are you here about the alderman's note? I believe so. Yes. Oh man, I wow. I had a bet going with my friends that nobody would ever come about that. Oh, okay. Anyway, oh gosh, he he probably would want to know about this. Uh. Get, give me, give me a second, and then he he opens the door behind him and rushes in. Not very long after, about a minute and a half, two minutes, that you see a guy rushing out of the house, and he is a short, plump little guy. Uh, he's barely taller than you, there, Silver, but looks human. Uh, and he's balding on top, and he's got a his big old belly, but he's wearing this like very, very fancy velvet tailcoat. And you know he he's got these all this accoutrement where he he's he's looking like a very well-to-do gentleman. And he running comes out. is in escaping. Uh, no, he's running out toward you. And he says, "Oh my! Thank goodness! Thank goodness! Someone has come. Oh, I th- I, th- I thought we we had lost all hope. Thank thank you, thank you by the gods! Thank you so much. You've you've come about my my note, yes? I believe so. We found that at an inn. A lot oh. of people." to do it and that's why we're here oh i i i don't know what i did wrong i offered gold i i i offered my sincerest gratitude and thanks but thank goodness you're here you've you you've come this way so i'm i'm assuming you've you've seen the and he stops mid-sentence and he looks over at yuyaku and looks at you just covered in this chalky substance and 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 it goes oh well you've already been there then uh you've already seen the you've already seen the house turn to, to chalk You've been inside of it? I believe it's been inside of me. <laughs> um, he says, fascinating. But, yeah, obviously, we have no idea why this happened. Just out of nowhere one day, the whole thing falls apart. And what would happen if this just... What if it was a pandemic? What if it, what if it just, like, started happening to any random building in town? We'd be ruined. This, I, I need someone to get to the bottom of this and get to the bottom of it quickly. Is this the reason you posted the note? Well, yes. Yeah, that, that, that and, because you know. It seems like this just happened as we arrived, and the note oh. has been there for a while. Oh, yes. That, well, no, the, the, the house turned to chalk. Uh, wow. That... From a narrative sense, he, this doesn't he... make a good song. He says it, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't care unless. No, I don't care about songs. Look, what happened? It happened probably two weeks ago, uh, two two and a half weeks ago, uh, out of nowhere, and that was about the time that the storm started too. That they they've been happening uh, completely at random. Would this explain the remodeling in some of these buildings? Oh, that no, that's that's my life's work. I've been doing I've been doing that for years and years now. This is this is threatening to ruin all of it. So you mean to say? That the house turned chalk a few weeks ago. Yes. And I'm going to look at Yaku and say, 
how long were you unconscious? Uh, Yaku shrugs his shoulders. Meh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Yaku, uh, can I, uh, as a as a side note, you you don't. You, it's true that you don't know. You can assume it wasn't very long because, like, you know, you're not like dehydrating or anything. Like, it, everybody can kind of surmise that this and was the, the old night woman it. said that she got all of her stuff out of the house. So. Yeah. Between yeah, between she obviously it, wasn't tripping all over this unconscious well, elf. Well, yeah. Also, between like his story and like the scream you heard and the puff of smoke, you have surmised that Yaku was the guy that just fell out of the sky, like you know, twenty minutes ago, and fell into the house. So, I I can tell you that within the last hour, I went for a meditation, I went to a great party in the sky, and I've landed here amongst you all. Slogard leans in to try and tell if there's any alcohol on his breath. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, yeah, roll a, roll a perception there, Zulgur. Party in the sky. Party in the sky. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't smell anything. With a 16. Yeah. He, he does not smell like alcohol. What, what do this you want me to say? This is just me reminding you to say what the rolls are. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I, I, I got there. You know what? I got there finally with a 16. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, you don't smell anything. Now, is it, should we be the ones? Like, if we roll, should we say our number? Yeah, sure. We're, uh, Kristen has graciously reminded me to do that because that was the thing I said I was going to change in this episode. I'm trying to talk about all the roles because they make more sense in context. Yeah, no, so, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm just wanting yeah. to take the burden off you if we should. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. If you okay. feel If you feel inclined. Absolutely. Party in the sky. Party in the sky. Party in the sky. What you keep saying that what what uh you got something there, Federal? No, but I might work it into a song. Oh <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me give you some more context. I was at a table with some stranger folk than and he looks at all of you uh, for a while, then then all of you. But they gave me they gave me a task of some sort. I don't know. Sing me a song, Bard. What? I oh I need I need some more inspiration. Can you tell me about the people at this tape? One was an old man with with long white hair and a large sword and. Muscles, yes, lots and lots of muscles. Mistra was there, and some other folk. I don't know. Okay, so here's, seem, yeah, go ahead. Here's here's how I want to do this. Um, so yeah, Koo, go ahead and make a. I want to say performance role because I'm gonna establish how clearly you're telling this story. Yep, performance in the skills box. There we go. Uh, yeah, so he, he recounts this tale to you uh, pretty clearly. And, I mean, he doesn't go into a great detail. Like, it was a traumatic experience, obviously. Gosh, I was, I was debating with myself on whether I wanted to do this. But, uh, Thulgrid, roll a, um, roll a religion check. I'm going to make a case. Is it about a dwarf religion? Um, more or less 
Yes, not not a major one. Okay, so it's neither about Moradin nor Tyr? Make a religion check. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, Yakub doesn't tell you the story very, very clearly, but based on everything he tells you in his descriptions of this, you know, older kind of muscly man, you think it sounds an awful lot like Tyr and various images of him that you've seen. Can I ask, uh, I ask if he had both hands or only one? Um, gosh, uh, for that, what we're going to have to do is you're going to have to make a retroactive uh, perception check to see if you did notice this. So go ahead and make a, per- uh, uh, you know, a perception check, and we'll go back in time with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you noticed the... Uh, when you came up to this guy, you saw him at the table. You definitely saw him resting one of his hands on the pommel of this great sword that was buried in the earth. But you did notice the uh, the other hand, he, he had his arm kind of tucked in toward his midsection. And, and you feel like you didn't actually see another hand there. Did you meet the great god Tyr? Um, the god of the even hand, the wounded Tyr? Dear Elf, I have this for you. And I hand him the the, the brown pouch for the dwarf. Cool. So, so where do you... You have a pouch now. Uh, I'm going to look in the cow- pouch. What's, what's in the pouch? What's in the pouch? <laughs> it's in the pouch! So you, uh, you undo the jawstring and you open this pouch. And out of it you pull a... When you take it, it feels kind of heavy. And you open it up and you pull out this... A uh, small, probably four or five inches long, a couple inches wide. Uh, but it's an ingot. It's an ingot of a bright, almost silvery kind of metal. And you know exactly what this is. This is an ingot of pure, refined true metal. Where did you get this true metal from? I put my bubble pipe back into my mouth and uh, take a little bubble puff. And um, this this large man that you're describing, he told me to give it to you, so that you would you would believe. And I am to believe what? I guess you're to believe who sent me. Solgrid sits on the edge of the veranda next to the house and begins looking at the ingot, attempting to test if it is real or not. Gosh, what would this role be? Um. Petrol is going to sigh and just shake his head and say, these deus ex machinas. You know what? You don't need to be the fourth wall breaker in this party. I'm not. This (laughs) ruins my story. I was writing this song about the elf that fell from the sky and had a table in the sky, a party in the sky, and then this fucking gods. Yeah, n- none of that is ruined by by this revelation. Uh, anyway, Solgrid, make a make an investigation roll. I'm gonna make another case that okay. my background includes smithing. Okay, so then yeah, y- y- this is this is the real stuff. So this is actual mithral, real true metal. Yes, I mean not a lot of it, like not really enough to make anything substantial out of, but it's it it is cool. Um, so while you're all standing there and debating over the metal and like talking about this party in the sky. Uh, Elderman El- Ellen is still standing there saying, uh, so this is all very fascinating but are you going to help? With what? The house that turned to to chalk? Uh, y- yes, that's, that is why I 
wanted people to come. Yes. Is, is there is, is there it, a more pressing concern that you have? But is it an epidemic? Is it an isolated incident? No. It, so far, it's an isolated incident, but we don't. Is know there any anyone who has recently come into town or disappeared from the town? Uh, gosh, re recently, no. I mean, come into town? No. There was the old lady. She 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 disappeared. She she left on some some errand uh, a few days back, and and well, maybe a week ago, and hasn't returned. Uh, but. I figured she would just off visiting family or something, but uh, no, other than that, no. The old lady, the roommate of the woman whose house was turned to chalk? Uh, you talking Lenore yeah, well, who went north? Le no, no, what was her name? What was her name? Um, no, uh, Edna. Yes, Edna. That was, uh, that was Gerda's roommate, yeah. Edna. She went to the north. Perhaps we should do that. If oh. you think that they are connected, we may be able to be hired for such a thing. Well, absolutely. Look, the money is money is no object. Well, within within reason. Name your price, and and as long as you get results, I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes to stop to stop all this. Solgrid holds in one hand the true metal, and in his other hand, his pal his pouch of gold, and shows him that money means nothing. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> does, does does money mean anything to the rest of you? I, money. I'll take his share. Uh, <laughs> to forego that, I will. Uh, I will be taking that. Thank you very much. Well, I, I, at least one of you is reasonable. But I thought that's <laughs> why we came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm just confused. Tell us more about the old woman who lived in the chalk house. Oh yes, uh, Edna was her name. She's been in town for wow, probably probably about a decade or so. She. Traveled here, said after her, her husband had passed away, and she thought she might have had some distant relatives here. It didn't, it didn't seem to turn out for her. But she met, uh, she met Gerda, and they hit it off, and they've been great friends ever since. She's lived uh, with Gerda for, for years now, and she was, she was great. She, she'd come by the tavern and share stories, share stories of her, of her childhood, and no, uh, everybody. Everybody liked it. That's it's a shame that she's gone. Can you tell us more about Gerda? Oh yes, this, uh, Gerda's almost as old as this town is. Uh, she's she's been here through the worst of it. We, I mean, we weren't always what we were. We used to be a mining town years and years ago. Uh, no, we 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 mined iron ore out of the out of the the hills of the Great Peaks, and that was. That was when the dwarves couldn't reach a trade agreement with, with the cities on the coast, and they had hired us to come out here and take over instead. But, I mean, that dried up when the, the dwarves got the things together, and they were able to write new contracts, and it left us high and dry. So we thought, why not use the, the, the natural beauty that the gods have gifted us with and turn this into the tourist destination of, of, the, of the wealthy and the, and the privileged and, and and we've spent years trying to reform this town into into a getaway and a home away from home for for the more fortunate among us who can who can breathe life into this into this dead town. Solgard looks into his eyes and, with a small amount of mournfulness, replies, "I'm sorry that my kind can be so used and abusive." He said, "Oh no, I don't I don't blame them. They were just." They they had the infrastructure to provide more than we could, and you know, I, 
Don't blame the dwarves. I'm, I'm part dwarf myself, you know. Your mother or your father's side? <sighs> oh, my dad. He was... He always swung above his weight class, if you know what I mean. Uh. <laughs> um, Alderman Ellen, I, I never like to enter into an agreement without having a clear definition of turns and expectations. Uh, are you hoping for us to solve the mystery of the Chalk House? And what do you need from us for satisfaction and for us to receive payment? Well, I'd like to. I'd like for you to find out why it happened, so that we can prevent it from happening again. If it, uh, if that is such a thing that's possible. Um, also, There's also been some storm. Oh, yes. I'm. I'm surprised it hasn't happened by now. But we've had very odd weather patterns, like unseasonable storms and high winds that come and that random times. Like it'll be a perfectly calm, clear day, and then suddenly gusts of hurricane winds roll through town and. Threaten to blow away everything that's not nailed down, and then they stop ten minutes later. It's 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 madness. With the mention of the storm, Slogrid steps under the uh, the patio of the house, so that there's something over his head. Cool, cool. So, where would you recommend that we start investigating? I believe well, the other woman did say to the north. Well, yes, uh, you could do that. You could talk to Gerda. It was her house that. Was was sadly lost. Uh, we're we're pretty sure she doesn't know anything about it. She loved that house. She wouldn't do anything to it intentionally, but she she might know something. Uh, Has the house well, been on fire for two weeks? Oh no! It it comes and goes. the The flames they flare up when anybody gets too close to it. It's it's very strange. Uh, we 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 don't think it's natural fire because it doesn't seem to spread or burn anything else. But uh, but most of the townsfolk are pretty wary of it. It's all good stands up and asks where the north exit of the town is. So, no, it's just, uh, you just continue down the, the main road and uh, continue down the main road and it'll come to a fork. It goes north and south. Uh, north will go to a, a neighboring former mining town, but I mean, they haven't had the foresight that we have. They're, they're still struggling and, you know, they'll fall apart eventually, but oh, oh, I feel bad for them. Not really. I feel bad for them. Uh, but south, south will take you into the larger highway. It'll go. Just don't go south. But if you wanted to go north, that's that's where I'd go. It's your show. You run it how you want to. All I care about the results. All right. I'm. I'm. Want to step away from from the aldermen and talk to the group. If. Okay. If anyone will step away with me. I will step away. Yes. Where are we going to go? Uh, sure. Solgrid, are you, are you coming into the huddle? <laughs> or are you staying under there? I am the huddle. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm there. Do we have so, an extra... Go oh. ahead. What what does everybody think? What are like? Should we investigate the house some more? Should we go talk to the townspeople? Should we uh, follow this uh, Lenore Etna character that we don't know anything else about except that there's two names for people that went north who used to live with Gerda? Well, you're the rumor aficionado, uh, Fetral. Uh, I would absolutely you... love to spend some time in the town talking to people and I hearing what they have to say. To... 
what, where do you think would be the best hub for information in, in this case? Um, DM is the, is the, is the young man who met us at the door of the alderman's house still around? Yeah, he's back. Him, he's, he's just kind of watching the door. Oh, you're going to yeah, fuck I... him too, aren't you? That was said in character. <laughs> I turn to the young man and say, young man, there's no need to feel down. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Why? I say young man. <laughs> uh, apologies. Um Yeah. Oh, well, um, I'm, I'm I'm able to go I'm able to go scout north while you with your town skills shake things up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's what Fanshawe does. He shakes he, 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 he shakes things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I mean, if you guys want to uh, split the party, you can do that. Brad had to step away to check on the dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm hearing you want to scout north and and see I mean, what's going on. Splitting the party is always a uh, a risky move. I I would be interested in uh, spending a little bit of time in this town before we move on, but, um, and then move going North after, do we, uh, do we have a sense of urgency or, or it sounds like some of these people have been, have been, you know, about for some time now, perhaps we can, we can check around town and get some more information. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, nobody seems to be in immediate danger. I mean, there's weirdness happening, but like nobody's dying or anything. So it's, it's not really, an urgent thing. Uh, I mean, the mayor would probably disagree because his livelihood is at stake, but yeah, it's, it's, you got time. Um, well, I want to know, um, let's see, Mosher, you and I want to stay in the town a little bit. Um, does John and Solgrid, are either of them interested in, in scouting with our new dwarf friend or, are we are we sending I, if, sending if him no off all by going, himself? I'm sticking with Yaku then. Uh, if he's going, uh, if no one else is going to go, uh, just because I do not want to leave a, a a person alone. Friends, I, I guess I should have been a little bit more clear with you. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a certain I have a certain set of skills that allows me to go scout by myself, if you will. Um, However, I would require one of you to stay alone um, with this. And he just points to all of his body. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's draw straws and see who gets to sit with the body. Uh, I vote Federal. You are abstained from this because, uh, well, I know that you're going to go. You'd fuck him while he was unconscious. So I would oh, wow, wow, okay, 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 okay. That's never. that's uncalled for. I made an 18 on that persuasion check, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so good rolls a seven out of twenty. On on what? Stay with the body. Stay with the body. Are we rolling are we really rolling to see who's gonna stay with the body? Oh sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, this I, game I, took I, a weird turn all of a sudden. 
Uh, yes, uh, to, to clarify things and move things along, I'm going to say that uh, Yaku does have a spell that's going to let him basically astrally project uh, and and do some scouting uh, away from his corporeal form. So that's that's what he's kind of getting at here. Yes, that's uh, I gathered that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is high roll or low roll staying with him? Are you hating on Yaku's communication skills, dude? <laughs> Me no. <laughs> All right. Uh, Seems so, I'm the lowest. Yeah. Soul Greg has the lowest. Chris. Yes. Are we are we standing in a in a in such a place that I could go like just go prop myself next to a tree while they're all talking and just sit down and then? Oh, totally. There's, there's, there's a few very nice trees in uh, in the alderman's yard. Yeah, I'd like just just kind of quiet and safe, and I'll let them figure out who's going to stick with me. But um, I'm going to go ahead and do um, my um, where's my spells? Night out. Night out. Okay, yeah, you go ahead and uh, do that. So the rest of you guys, you kind of just see Yaku slowly wandering off from this conversation and then uh, going to find a spot by himself, and he's going to prepare this this thing that he's whatever he's doing. So, yeah. Solga grabs his body and puts it on the. Uh, <laughs> no, on he, the he, no, he went. He went off and found a nice tree to rest against. Like he's he's good. Ah, well then you I don't, go sit you, next to him. Uh, Daniel Carrick, what are you guys doing strength saves for? I thought that's no. what we had to do for the. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did for drawing straws for who was going to be. Uh... Oh, okay, fine. Hey, Chris. Yes. So the night owl lasts for 24 hours, and part of the ability allows me to go into kind of like a trance mode that you were talking about, and and I can see and hear through the owl. So once yes. once that's on, I, I'm going to go do that and look around up north a little bit, and then but the owl stays on my shoulder once I'm back in my body for 24 hours, just so you know. Balin, um, what's I mean, is there like a range on where the owl can go, or? Um, the owl, let's see, da, da, da. the owl cannot attack or carry any objects, but understands any civil commands you give it up to a mile away. Um, as a bonus action, this is what I'm doing here. You are able to see and hear through the perspective of the spirit owl, but you become blinded and deafened while doing so. So I'm, I'm just going to go and look um, towards the north and see if I can give us a little bit of context before the group is going to go move up that way. And then I'll um, come back to my body and yeah, there we go. Cool, sounds good to me. Um, so while you guys are discussing this and Yaku wanders off to lane against the tree and he you know, goes into his trance type thing, <sighs> while this is happening, all around the the yard of the alderman's house that you guys are in, there just is a, a kind of a low creeping fog that rolls in. Kind of kind of slowly starts rising up from the ground, and you know, before you know it, it seems like the the whole yard is is kind of covered in this very thick fog. Sulkard began staring at the person asking what the frick is this. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go towards the young man. What was his name again? Adam? Uh, yeah. something? Adam? Hmm. Yes. Um, and ask him about the fog and about the storms. Um, have you seen anything like this before? Does this, this kind of thing happen before the storms that have been happening said so, well uh the magic the magic the magic fog is a is kind of a new one uh that's i mean that's 
that's that's out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, usually it's just usually it's snow, uh, a lot of snow out of nowhere. Like it, it's all melted now. It melts really fast too. It's really weird. Um, occasionally high winds, some 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 lightning, but uh, but you know, fog is fog is new. All right, fog is new. Can you tell us any more about? about Alderman Ellen's note and what it is that uh, he was hoping to, like, what his reaction was. I'm, I'm, what, what happened? What, how did he respond to this magic? Obviously, this is threatening his livelihood. Tell us more. Tell me more. Uh, make a persuasion. I'm looking for rumors. I'm looking for rumors. Yeah, make persuasion. <laughs> yeah. He says, look, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, the mayor just tells me to do stuff. Like, I work for him. Like, it's... It's annoying sometimes. He's down demanding. I rolled a one. Yes. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, Try again. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that in. Um, (laughs) Yeah, with the one. Yeah, he says, yeah, he he is kind of an annoying job sometimes. He's demanding, but uh, it's he pays me well. And it's it's mostly mostly a cushy gig. But I mean, he, he wandered off. Gosh. Uh, two two and a half weeks ago to to go toward Gwendol Hill to post that notice. Uh, he wanted to go himself. And he he was really freaked out by the whole thing, but that's it's, that's all I know. So he posted the note himself. He didn't send someone. No, he, he went himself. He was he was gone for yeah about a week or so. It took him a week to post a note in Gwendol Hill. It's only a day's travel. No, you you guys traveled for like two and a half, three days uh, oh, to get here. I, I so, thought it was like a day and a half. No, it, it was it was over two days, and you guys are in a lot better shape than he is. So it, okay. yeah, it took him. Can you tell me any more about Gerda or her roommate? Oh, Gerda, Gerda, Gerda's, Gerda's awesome. Like she's really nice. She makes like the amazing, amazing walnut cookies. Like you wouldn't believe it. Uh, but yeah, she's she's been around forever. Um, I mean, her, her, her roommate, uh, gosh, what was her name? Uh, Edna, yeah, Edna, she was, she was fine. Uh, we didn't really talk much. Um, she, 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 you know, seemed like a really quiet and, you know, reserved old lady who's, you know, maybe got a lot of stuff in her past. I think I heard something about her husband dying, but I don't know. It's not my business. As they're talking, um, the house with the blue flame begins to catch my eye as it glows within the fog. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm being drawn to, to the house to see if there may be anything of interest there. Okay. So, um, so my share is wandering off toward the house. You guys. So yeah, Yaku is gone and he's off in a trance looking, uh, through his house thing, which we need to resolve soon. Um, my share is wandering off toward the, the house. Are you guys, the, the rest of you guys, just kind of hanging? Oh, I think uh, I'll follow Mosher. I'll be like, wait, 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 where are you going? Yeah, I'll follow him to the uh, house. All right, Mosher, so Fetchel, Mosher, John, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to the glowing house. <laughs> I, I'm I, following the man going to the glowing house. I'm going to look at Solgrid, and ask if he's staying because I would really like to talk to Gerda again if she's by the house. I'm just sitting next to an astral projecting body right now. 
Good second. All right. So we're, we'll go ahead. I need, I need that on a shirt. <laughs> I'm just sitting next to an astral projecting body over here. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go for it. Um, while I'm in the alpha arm, um, I'm curious if I can see like just how far this fog goes and if I can see like the origin of it. Oh, so, uh, okay. So the fog is really, really, really localized. Like, um, I mean, it's maybe 50 foot diameter. It's kind of a vague circle and it kind of centers around uh, the yard of the alderman's house. So it's just kind of right there, uh, somewhere in that area. Oh, um, I mean, you you guys are kind of like in this general zone. It's like it, it's it's like a fifty foot radius circle, vaguely of, of the fog that's in the alderman's house, uh, his his front yard. And from my um, vertical vantage point, is there any sort of like source or like origin? Uh, no, not not that you can see. It's like vaguely uh, vaguely centered around the rest of the party uh, as they're kind of wandering off in their different directions. But that's that's all you can tell. Cool, Roger that. I, I'm just gonna check out the the north, and then, like I said, just come back as quick as I can. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and resolve that really quick. So you you go off, and I think the uh, is the range on the owl is only about a mile, right? Yes. Is that okay? Um, so you can go off, and you uh, get to the fork in the road that the alderman talks about going north and south. You uh, the owl kind of turns north, flies off that way. Uh, the town uh, that everybody's talking about is kind of a few miles away. Uh, like you see signs for this place. Um, it's called Red Rocks, I think. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> you can tell I had a lot planned for this town in the north. Um, it's called <laughs> it's called it's called Red Rocks, uh, and the owl doesn't isn't quite able to make it there because it's a few miles up the road. But um, you don't really see anything on the road. Uh, you see the surrounding woodland and everything. Um, <laughs> I guess how would perception work? I guess you would be making a perception check and, you know, in the form of the owl, kind of, um, since you're seeing through its eyes. So go ahead and make a perception roll there. Uh, yeah, go. Got to give me a sec. Yeah, so uh, you don't see anything out of the ordinary. Uh, you see... He rolled a 15. Yes, he did roll a 15. Uh, off to the north of the town, uh, you do see the kind of the overgrown remnants and I'm going to ping it on the town map where it kind of starts here, but there's this trail going off to the north uh, that kind of, that looks like it used to be a road, but it's been abandoned and covered over. Um, and it's heading out toward, uh, you know, a, a low set of hills that are off in the woods. And it, it looks like there's maybe the entrance to a tunnel or, you know, you surmise it might be a mine out there somewhere. Uh, that's like half a mile, three quarters of a mile north of town. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about all you see. That's that's worth noting. Excellent, thank you. I'll head back and report what I saw. Thanks. Cool. Uh, so you better go back, and Al comes back. Yaku's back in his body. Um, the rest of you, except Solgrid, are wandering off toward the chalk house. Correct. Yep. Okay. So you're wandering off in that general direction. Um, I think, Yaku, when you come back, you can kind of catch them on the tail end of walking toward that way. I don't know if you want to join. Yeah, I'll join up. Okay, so he joins up, and I'm going to I'm gonna say Solgrid tags along, though Brad's going to be out for a second. Solgrid tags along, and you guys are walking off toward there. 
doesn't take you very long. You get to the chalk house. I think at this point, you just catch Gerda as she's leaving and she's walking to go back to, you know, wherever she's staying at the moment because there's nothing, there's nothing else here for her. Uh, but you catch her kind of walking. You, you guys pass each other walking back. I'm going to stop to talk to her. I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to stop to chat with her and just okay. say, pardon, pardon. Uh, we, we just talked a few minutes ago. I had a few questions if you, do, if you have some more time. Uh, sure. Before we do that, uh, does anybody else want to do anything different or are you guys just all hanging out right there? I'm going into the house to uh, look around. All right. So we got Fetchel talking to Gerda. We have John looking around in the house. Uh, anybody joining either of those two or doing something different? I'm just yeah. standing outside the house looking around. Looking outside the house. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to do something crazy, let me know. Yeah, I'm um, going in the house too. To okay. Check out, look for items or clues or anything. Yeah, so we'll get to you guys in a second. Real quick, though, we have Fetchel talking to Gerda. And go ahead. What did you, what'd you ask again? Sorry. Um, I asked. Uh, sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch your name before when we were speaking. Uh, we just met a few minutes ago. Uh, my name is Fetchel. Oh, yes, dearie. I remember you. I remember you. How are you, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I didn't catch your name. What was, what was your name, Mother? <laughs> my name's my name's Gerda, dear. Ah, Gerda. Um, I don't feel like I expressed my sincere regrets on on behalf of what has happened. I I, I understand the loss of a home, and I I I am would love to hear more of your story if you have time to share it. Oh, I, oh, sure, sure. What what do you want to hear? I, I can't I can't tell you. It's terribly exciting. I've I've spent most of my life here in this town, seen its transformation. I I you you mentioned your dear roommate uh, Lenore, who disappeared to the north. Uh, I had heard tell from from uh, oh what was his name Adam, the young man who works for for uh, Alderman Elland, that you had had a uh, a roommate. By the by, a different name. Was this the same person, or? But by a different name, no. Uh, she's always been Lenore to me. Oh, he he had called her something else. I believe it was Etna. Maybe he had just heard wrong. Oh, that's that's really funny, darling. Oh, oh. he's he's known her for years as well. That's. I tried to make careful note of names. I'm a storyteller, you know, and and. Oh, of course, of course. You can never be too careful. Keeping names straight, especially when telling a story. Oh, certainly. Did Lenore say where what she had gone to get supplies? Was there something specific she was looking for? Do you know? I oh, know she. I. You know, I, I, I can't really seem to recall. Like I, I, I said, it wasn't unusual for her. She'd, she'd go up to the town across the way. Uh, you know, every few months or so. Uh, I mean, I, I guess sometimes they, they get some shipments in from, from down south of the coast or some of the bigger towns that we don't get, but I don't know, she, uh, she, she, she always did some, some herbalism and, you know, not, not, not anything really fancy, but she, she made some tinctures and stuff that sometimes she sold at the village market, and I guess sometimes she looked for ingredients for those. Uh, I see. Um... Can you remember specifically what, what was happening when the house turned to chalk? Why? What is happening? No, I, I, I wasn't even home. I was coming back from the inn. I just popped down there to have a quick drink, and 
chat with a few old friends and came back and it, it was like this. Was this before or after Lenore? I'm sorry, I'm just having trouble keeping track of the time. Was this before or after Lenore went to the other town? Oh, it was after. It was, uh, oh, how long had she been gone? I mean, thank goodness that she wasn't here. Uh, no, uh, wow, she had gone. She'd been gone for some time. Uh, I guess two days, two, three days at that point. Well, I, I don't want to keep you any longer, Gerda. Um, can I roll an insight check to see if I, I notice anything about her story or about the way she talks about Lenore or this uh, trip that she was taking to the other town? Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. I rolled a 19. Yeah, she, she seems completely sincere. Like, she has no reason that she'd be trying to deceive you, and she, you know, you get the impression she's telling you the story as she remembers it. Okay. Um, well, it, if you, if you remember anything about what Lenore's trip was, or the, what she was looking for, it would help us if we if we stumble across her uh, to be able to to locate her or to to let her know that you're okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if I if I remember any other details, I'd be sure to come to you first thing. Where where, where are you going to be staying while you're in town? That's an excellent question. Is there an inn in town? Oh, absolutely. You probably want to go to the Silver Leaf. It's it's all fancy now and everything, but. Uh, you, you, your swords look like you can handle yourselves, and I'm sure you can. You'll, you'll be fine. There. You'll enjoy it. Can you tell me where about that is in the town? Oh, just, just go off the main road to the right. Go up the hill a bit, and it sits off in the back. And you'll, you'll, you'll see, you'll see a giant sign out front with, the, with three, with three shining silver leaves on there. Oh, oh, Penelope was so proud of that sign. Excellent. And will we meet Penelope there? Oh, sure. She's the innkeeper. Wonderful. Thank you cool. uh, so much for your time. I'm going to go investigate your house with your permission. Well, of course. Nothing there for me anymore. She looks very kind of sad and then nods to you and wanders off. Um, so you're going back to the house. Uh, everybody else has already been there. Everybody is investigating the house. Make investigation check. Ooh, okay, okay. John rolled a 10. Yes, John rolled a 10. Is anybody else investigating? Okay, so that's the queue with a 19. Uh, at 20. Nice. All right, so um, you guys look around, and um, John Solgard, you don't really notice anything out of the ordinary. You're sifting through the um, the chalk and everything. You see a, a bit of furniture that's been kind of ruined at this point. You know, this couch, a couple of end tables, like really, really normal stuff, and some kitchen implements, anything kind of remotely valuable that was in the house obviously has been taken out like Gerda was has managed to kind of sift through it and get anything important out of it um there used to be an upstairs to the house which is kind of gone now because the roof kind of pretty much collapsed and most most of the piles of the chalk that's on the ground came from the second floor uh and you see kind of the remnants of a stairway uh in the back off the main room there are uh, uh two smaller rooms toward the back of the house uh one of them is mostly caved in and the other one is still uh, kind of intact. And you, as, as you're sifting through stuff, um, I'm going to say 
<sighs> most share <laughs> with that amazing role. You notice that, um, gosh, most share make a make an arcana check too. You notice everything. Yeah, he notices everything, but make it, most share do an arcana check. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. That is two not twenty in a row. That's that's insane. Okay. God, I got to give you everything about this then. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. All right. The house called to me. Okay. Yeah. So here's what we got. You notice there is definitely this back room in the house that is still mostly intact. There is definitely uh, magical energy there. You, it's, it's not like in your face, and it's not like there's any magical traps or like runes or anything set up, but like somebody has done magic here, and somebody's done some potent magic here mm. uh, in the past. And it comes from a bunch of different schools uh, that you can kind of get a whiff of. And there's a... And the strongest of these is, is there's uh, transmutation. Uh, the transmutation magic is, you know, really uh, standing out to you. Mm. But you, you just get this aura uh, uh, of the arcane. And with your investigation, you were really into this room, and you you go in and you're you're looking around and you kind of tear the place apart, and you don't see um, anything in much of the room. Except your senses are drawn to uh, a mostly covered by chalk desk that's against the left wall as you walk in. And uh, when you go in there, you, you manage to kind of sweep a lot of this chalk off the desk. And there's a couple things on top of it that seem kind of undisturbed. Um, do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my notes to see what you actually find here. So on top of the desk, you find a couple of, of glass files. Uh, and they're full of some kind of liquid, and you're not really sure what they are. Uh, one of them is kind of this bright neon yellowish in color, uh, and the other one is more of kind of a dull red tone. And you see these two vials of liquid just kind of sitting on chilling on top of the desk, and you get some sort of little uh, magical aura off of those, but it's really, really faint. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you get the impression that there is... Uh, there's more there. Like there's a there's a stronger magical presence coming from the desk somewhere. And God, you got an its natural twenty investigation roll, so I just gotta keep going and tell you fucking everything. Um so you uh are looking around the desk and you're really sniffing around this thing, and you discover that underneath this main drawer of the desk, there is another smaller hidden drawer, uh or hidden panel you can pop open. And there's a hidden compartment in the desk that you uh, are able to pull out. And in the hidden compartment, there are uh, two items inside. Uh, Sorry, three items inside. One of them is a ring. It's a a large kind of bright silver ring with an amber gem set in the center of it uh, that gives off some sort of magical energy. You're not really sure what it is. There's another one, which is a very intricately carved dagger. Uh, and the blade uh, looks kind of, you know, vaguely bluish in color. It's like a, it's not quite crystal, but it's almost translucent. And it's a, it's a crystal blue blade on this. And then the third thing in the container is there is a standard non-magical map. Uh, and you unfold it, and it looks like a map of the surrounding area with uh, the town of Oriton on it, 
there's a few kind of points of interest marked marked out to where uh, there's red rocks up to the north, um, and there's uh, a circle uh, surrounding the location of the old abandoned mine that Oriton used to be centered around uh, in the woods off to just you know also to the north of town. And uh, you find those items in the hidden compartment. Um, for the rest of you guys, uh, gosh, Yaku, you also rolled really well. So uh, I think. Moshe's got this one room, but Yaku, you have searching the rest of the house. You have found a couple things that it seems like Gerda missed and her and her picking through, and you found a few valuable like uh, chalices and things, and uh, a few bits and baubles, a couple uh, like pieces of jewelry, and you have you found uh, a total of probably about five hundred gold worth of stuff that that Gerda has missed uh, going through the house. Um, but yeah, that's, that is what you guys have discovered. Is there some sort of, uh, like bag or anything I can put this stuff in for Gerda? Oh, yeah. yeah, you can, uh, you can put together a sack and, you know. Cool. I put together a Gerda sack. Awesome. Uh, you've got a Gerda sack. Um, you can tell Yaku is a, uh, is a lawful upstanding guy. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to show that that is what you found. So. Fucking two nat twenties in a row, jeez. That is, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm gonna say, that is all your luck for the next two games. You're gonna roll like shit after this. You Damn. better put all your stimulus money into cryptocurrency, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if I would have done that last March, <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, these are amazing items. Uh, so yeah, you know they you know the dagger and the ring are magical. You don't know what they are um you would have to spend some time figuring out you know why they are and what they do but you know they're they're something yes um i feel compelled by a, a greater purpose to uh maintain hold of these items <laughs> okay so are you are you telling anybody else that you found them uh yes yes i will share with the uh the group um but perhaps i'll wait till we are all yeah, I mean, most of you are in the house. I think the only one lagging behind here is Fetrel, and Fetrel's already made his way up to the house. But at this point, after having the conversation with Gerda, but you guys have uh, have kind of picked this house clean. And other than like the magical traces and and the stuff you found, you you get a very strong impression. There's nothing. There's nothing really else here to be uh to be had. Yes, I feel I feel like the, uh, the I found what I was looking for, or at least what was calling to me. All right, um, but when yeah, I. Will... I... Sorry. When I look at the rings or dagger that he has shown us, do they look of dwarven make? Uh, no, neither one does. Okay. What about the uh, the map? Is there aside from the mine? Is there uh, any type of um, words or or text on it that um, might be understood by any of us? Yeah. So. It's mostly a map of the town and just a very, like, a small surrounding area outside of it. You see the mine marked out. You see Red Rocks, the town in the north, marked out uh, for something. Um, in the town itself, the only building that's um, really marked by anything seems to be uh, a building labeled as, like, a chapel or some sort of uh, church that's in town. And next to that, uh, I mean, that building is circled, and there's a strange uh, series of symbols next to it. 
nothing that you really recognize, but it, it, yeah, that's that's the only point of interest on the map uh, within the towns. Okay, should we uh, should we investigate, team? Well, we got to pick a name for our group. <laughs> is, is language on the map uh, common dwarvis elven or infernal um Draconic. no it's it's none of those it, it okay yeah is um is this the type of map that uh, if i were to cast some type of light underneath it or heat i might uh i mean you can try different uh Does, uh is the language sylvan because i can also uh speak sylvan no, it is not. But we're, uh, I guess perhaps we should go inside. Maybe we should go investigate the building and then, I don't know if I'd be able to get a good sight of anything outdoors with that type of effect. Um, okay, uh, Fetral real quick though, because I feel like you, I feel like if anybody could know this, it would be you. Because you okay. know, you're, um, make a, make a history check. Okay. Uh, so that's a, a 21. That'd be a 21, not natural 20. Yeah. Uh, 21, though. Uh, you do recognize the language. You don't speak it. Uh, but you're, hey, you're hey, I know what that says. Well, I know what it is. Yeah, you know what it is. You know what it is. You don't know what it says. The, the, the language is under common. Ah, uh, it's under common. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't tell what it says, but you recognize it from your various travels and in your, uh, expeditions through literature and whatnot that you found. But, uh, you you do know what the language is. Excellent. It's the uh, the language of all kinds of uh, mind flayer races. Out of yeah. character. Mm-hmm. I literally told myself to take undercommon as one of my <laughs> things, and then I didn't do it because I was like, "Why would he make like? Why would he choose undercommon as the thing that we would need to?" Oh. Uh huh. I hate uh, you right now. I hate <laughs> every bit of you right now. You, you have for your friend, I'm used to it. Um, God. Okay, so you you have that stuff. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys thinking? Yeah. Well, okay. Are we? I mean, I, I'm sorry. Out of character. Are we all back together now? Are we to be group up? Yeah, you guys. Outside? Yeah, you guys are all there. Okay. And has everyone had a chance to look at the the items? Uh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so- if anybody wants to try to suss out more information about anything now would be the time but well would i would if i were to do some type of effect like that would that work outside or is is uh, that, what are you what are you trying to do like i'm imagining like you know shining a light under it or like using like a lighter or like because i can do, use prestidigit prestidigitation prestidigitation hard word to say yeah um, yeah sure i mean you can do that here you can do it whatever you want all right let's go for it all right. Uh, so you're like making a light with prestidigitation and shining it underneath the map. Yeah, just to see if there's like any hidden. I mean, um, obviously, these are some pretty special items. So I mean, uh, no. Uh, the map gives off really nothing, nothing okay. magical, and it, yeah, light doesn't reveal anything that's not already there. All right. So we got the main, the main uh, hot items are the the building in town and then the mine, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um. I think it would be worthwhile to go investigate that building that obviously Lenore Etna, whatever her name is, was um, Penelope. Interested? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd also like to meet Penelope. She sounds like a lovely lady. Um, the innkeeper. Innkeepers are always wonderful people. Um, wonderful hosts, if I may. 
And then we have uh, the this mine that I might be interested in investigating as well, because if Etna Lenore left town heading north and had this map in her room, I mean, we're assuming that that was her room that this came out of, because Gerda certainly would have gone back for things hidden in her desk. Mm-hmm. Then... I think that we should also investigate the mine if there's nothing at the uh, the church, and then uh, you know maybe stay at the inn here in town before heading all the way to uh, Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that sounds like a good plan. All right. So that's uh, that's the plan that everybody finds agreeable. Yep. That's yeah. Good. yeah. Is um, what's the lady's name again? Gertrude. Gerda. Gerda, that's that's what I said. You heard me wrong. Is she um <laughs> is she within like the vicinity? Like can I go give her her, her junk back? Uh yeah, yeah, she kind of I can tell you which way she headed when she left my yeah. conversation. Oh, yeah, for the for the time for the time being, I think she's staying at a room in the Silverleaf Inn. Like they they put her up for free there because you know she lost her house and everything. But she's staying there and you can you can find her there. Roger that. All right. Um so the it seems like uh sounds like you guys have a plan. Uh we're probably about halfway through the sesh, so we'll go ahead and do an intermission here. So after this, the party decided that the next stop they should make in the continued investigation would be the town's sole temple, the All Faiths Chapel, who is run by the human priestess Olesa, who is able to offer some guidance and comfort to the group on this uh, very puzzling quest that they're even embarked on. With her, they discussed the current events of the town and learned yet another name for Lenore and or Etna, as well as the fact that several of the townsfolk have shared with her the tales of their gods directly asking them to do a number of benign, if not very odd, things throughout Oriton. They also discovered more about Yaku's vision before joining the party, such as the fact that one of the figures at the woodland table seemed to be an avatar of Bahamut the Platinum Dragon. After learning what they could and leaving the temple, Mosher seemed to have a vision as well of a figure speaking through Olesa and telling him, You must fall before you can fly, with no further explanation. Following these events, and since it was getting late in the day, our heroes made the decision to overnight in the highly recommended Silverleaf Inn, operated by the clever and kind Penelope, whose Silver developed a fast friendship with over ale and parlor tricks. Fetrol wowed the tavern with a stunning performance, earning him a fair bit of gold, and John broke even with some gambling on the side. After a refreshing and restful night at the inn, the party made plans to set out early the next day and investigate the abandoned iron mines to the north of town which was their most solid lead on the whereabouts of the mysterious missing Lenore. To be continued. <laughs>